0: Doug Tyrrell, History and Comment is available on Google Podcast. Hello friends, I'm Doug Tyrrell. This is History and Comment for the 10th day of August, 2023. 1316, factions in Ireland are fighting near the west central town of Athenry. It is of little consequence seven centuries later. It might be interesting to read about the wars and skirmishes that took place in North America at the time. Alas, there is virtually no written history of North America from that period. Ferdinand Magellan set sail from Spain in 1519 with the intent of sailing around the world. The crew will make it. Magellan dies about halfway around in the Philippines. Part of his mission was to spread the Christian faith, namely Catholicism. One particular group resisted and Magellan dies in an ensuing battle. 31st President Herbert Hoover was born in 1874, a successful mining engineer who spent a number of years abroad. He was living in London for much of World War I and helped with American aid to the Europeans. This work opened the door to a cabinet-level appointment and eventually the presidency. Without a political background, he was not strongly tied to either party, but settled with the Republicans. When the stock market crashed in 1929, he took more of a hands-off approach, believing the economy would recover faster if left alone. He also believed that private sources should be responsible for aid to individuals. After winning by a large margin in 1928, he was defeated by Franklin Roosevelt in 1932. Roosevelt was quite the opposite of Hoover on the subject of aid and intervention. The fact is, by Election Day, the worst of the Depression was over and might have recovered more quickly had Hoover remained in place. FDR gives us a socialist legacy that remains in place. I heard a quote recently from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. that he would like to continue the legacy of FDR, Truman, and his uncle. That, folks, is not a good thing. But we could talk at length that JFK's liberal reputation might not hold up to a thorough examination in today's light. Recall that Ronald Reagan was once a Democrat, quite similar to JFK. Businessman and guitar maker Leo Fender is born in 1909. Singer and sausage maker Jimmy Dean in 1928. Dean, while rather successful as a singer, did not feel he had much of a career prompting him and a brother to form the Meatpacking Company. Dean sold the company in 1984. Actor Tom Laughlin was born in 1931. Unless you are deep into 70s culture, that name will not ring a bell. He was about as independent and eccentric as a man could be. But he wrote, produced, and starred in a series of classic 70s films you may have heard of. Billy Jack. Another 70s classic was the musical group Bread, who had a string of soft rock songs in the decade. Fronted by David Gates, it might be argued the other three guys were just a backup band. Either way, guitarist Jimmy Griffin was one of the others. He was born on this day in 1943. You may have heard of the early television show Candid Camera. It debuted on this day in 1948. Like many early television programs, it had a radio version, in this case called Candid Microphone. That just doesn't have the same ring. There was a groundbreaking ceremony in Manessa, New York, for the St. Lawrence Seaway in 1954. Of course, the water route was there. It just needed some upgrades to allow larger ships passage, opening the Great Lakes to ocean-going vessels. The improvements had been debated between the two countries for nearly 10 years. Some of the resistance came from sectors that are both surprising and also predictable. Shipping interests on the Atlantic and Gulf Coast were not in favor as the new route would divert traffic from them. And the railroads joined the resistance for the same reason. Self-preservation is a very powerful thing. Operation Ranch Hand begins in 1961 as part of what will become the Vietnam War. This was an effort that sprayed millions of gallons of herbicide across the landscape and became one of the most infamous portions of the war. Most of us have heard of Agent Orange. This was just one of about a dozen herbicide combinations the Army tried. It was also the most popular. Agent Orange was an equal blend of two herbicides. 245T, and 24D. Those are the short names for a very long and difficult chemical name. Both were growth regulators that caused the plant to grow faster than it could sustain, essentially growing itself to death. The problem child in the mixture was, during the manufacturing process, 245T was contaminated with trace amounts of the chemical TCDD, more commonly known as dioxin, a potent carcinogenic compound. If the process was tightly controlled, the contamination could be kept low, but batches often had very high levels. 245T has been removed from the North American market, but 24D remains a common weed killer for broadleaf plants, especially in lawns. The Manson Cult continues their killing spree in 1969. Actress Angela Harmon is 51 today. You might have seen her in a couple of police shows, Law & Order, and Rizzoli & Isles. In 1977, David Berkowitz is arrested for the year-long series of murders in New York City known as the Son of Sam Killings. Sam was the neighbor's dog who Berkowitz claimed gave him instructions. More bad news, 1978, Three members of a family are killed when their Ford Pinto ignites in a rear-end collision. This event will lead to the demise of the small car. Some lessons just have to be learned the hard way, or it seemed like a good idea until it wasn't. If you look at the evolution of American cars, there was a push for smaller and lighter. A major portion of this was to increase fuel economy. Standard practices in the industry changed over time, and some of the changes were not well understood. Fuel tank placement was one. If you look at pickup trucks in the 1960s, most fuel tanks were behind the seat, in the cab. Seemed like a good place at the time. Then they were moved to under the bed. Placement outside of the frame rails seemed like a good idea. Nothing else was there until there was a crash a bad TV news story, and now we have a crisis. The smaller, lighter cars did not have the body structure to resist crumpling in certain crashes like older cars did. This exposed the fuel tank to more damage, and sometimes this resulted in a fire. Ford was navigating an uncertain path as safety standards were changing at the time, much like the Chevy pickup story. The Ford Pinto suffered from vocal journalism, that did not understand some of the data and analysis used by the entire industry. But flaming cars on the news draws interest. Then there is an argument when life safety is concerned that sounds good, but is problematic. That being the rhetorical question, what is a life worth? This is often applied after the fact. This person could have been saved if we had just spent 10 or some other low sum of money. But when that $10 is applied to all of the places, it becomes a very large sum that society just does not have. Let's say we're at the site of a car versus train accident. The train will always win. But why did we not have flashers or a crossing arm? They cost X thousands of dollars. We could have saved a life but for X amount. Seems like a no-brain decision. But when you consider the thousands of similar locations, the cost gets too high. The reason why all railroad crossings do not have arms, and some just a sign, is the risk versus cost debate. Now if we want to play nasty, we can say the railroad is putting profits above lives, and they knew it. This is much where Ford was on the pinto, until a couple of poor articles and lawyers. I'm tired of bad news today, but this is worth telling. Have you heard of John Walsh? He was the creator and host for the television series America's Most Wanted in the early versions and helped create the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Walsh's six-year-old son had been abducted from outside a retail store in Florida days earlier in 1981. On this day, the decapitated head was found over 100 miles away. A killer was never brought to trial. There was a confession, which was later recanted. That subject died in prison from other charges. The case was ruled closed in 2008 after a review of the case convinced authorities of the suspect's guilt. America's Most Wanted is responsible for the capture of over 1,000 fugitives in its long history. New Zealand is rocked with two large earthquakes in 1993. The Two Island Nation sits atop the point where the Pacific Plate meets the Australian Plate. That's history and comment for the 10th day of August. I'm Doug Tyrell. Now, go do something worth remembering.